Hey, Real Nerds listeners, your favorite host, Ryan, here to remind you that social media is great. How great is it? There's many ways you can find the Real Nerds on social media. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us streaming on Stitcher Radio. You can call us 720-6Nerds5. Aw, man, our website is so cool. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You want to leave some fan mail? Oh, that's so easy, realnerds at gmail.com. Twitter, we got it, at real underscore nerds. You can even like us on Facebook. Thank you so much, and hey, enjoy the show. Hey, this is Andre Gower from the Monster Squad, and you're listening to the Real Nerds Podcast. Only podcast on the internet where James can talk about Matthew McConaughey and it's not gay. I'm Whoa. your host, Zach Eastman. It's totally gay. It's a little bit gay. Yeah. It's pretty gay. But you know what? I love that you are such a fan and so committed to him that you'll defend him to the death. I, it's, not, it's not like that's... I, Mud was real good. Mud was really good. I know. That's but all I'm there saying. there are other movies out there. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, like Dazed and Confused and yeah. <laughs> Sahara. Sahara. Are you saying it's bad to be a Matthew McConaughey fan? It's not. I'm just saying his his love of it you is know, just so strange and foreign to me. Like five years ago, I never met anybody who would openly love Matthew McConaughey. There was a stigma during the failure to launch days that um, true I, believers... Uh, saw the light. <laughs> which I was not one of, by yeah. the way. <laughs> Uh, that's where he through. saw the light. I mean, he he got like he had like he made a few like floppy movies, and then he like came back and just started being more serious about it. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I like yeah, it. Yeah. It's a nice comeback story, like Mickey Rourke. <laughs> Mickey Rourke got a little silly for a little bit. It's just paycheck movies. You just want yeah. to be comfortable. Yeah, at sometimes home. sometimes uh, you just want to fart in a house comfortably. No, Ben Affleck was in paycheck. <laughs> Bad Affleck. Uh, cool. So, what are we doing? Well, I think you could hear um, that we have some guests with us today. Um, please uh, welcome to the podcast Matt Willicks and Brian Richards. Thank you. No Hi guys. Okay. How no you doing? Applause. This is not oh, a live show. Um, thank you. They're applauding <laughs> in their hearts. You can <laughs> hear it through the internet. We're sharing a mic like we did in our sailor days. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty grand. Ugh. <laughs> 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 uh. Cool. Uh, like, are we allowed to cuss on this podcast? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's the internet. Cu- we're allowed to cuss. Oh, it's the internet. Oh, yeah. okay. 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 Yeah, yeah, it's the my, mom already, <laughs> my mom listened to one once, and then she never needed to listen to another one. Oh, so okay. we're, f- we're fine. We're yeah. not on FM? No, we're, we're not on FM. We're not we're on, on FM. FM. This is not going out over the air. <laughs> Brian, Brian, <laughs> Brian's out. Um, I, I do want to say briefly, Brad and uh, Brian and I had a most magical night. Um, Whoa. Like, like three weeks ago? Four oh, weeks ago, yeah. at uh, the the best night ever had at Casa Bonita for uh, Cougar Littlefield's birthday. Oh. It was magical. It was nice. amazing. It was the best Casa Bonita trip ever. Why? What happened? No, everything happened, James. <laughs> <laughs> like we we did everything. We we did the Old West photo. We oh. um, we wanted a puppet show, so we just took a. But they weren't doing any puppets, so we just took a picture in front of the puppet theater. We saw a gunfight. We saw a gunfight. We saw. We were attacked um, by a gorilla. We were attacked by a gorilla. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It was amazing. I've never yeah. been to Casa Bonita. Oh, so I went to Casa Bonita for Christmas Eve. Tell, tell um, me more about it. To celebrate Christmas. And the reason is what we discovered. Uh, it's my, my 
uh, sister-in-law, her family discovered this, that uh, Christmas Eve is when all of the good divers go on vacation. They take that day off. <laughs> I see. Um, so this is so their the show. Crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, so everyone it's else just kind of jumps. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's all the newbies. <laughs> like these are people with death wishes. <laughs> it's my big show. <laughs> it's, the guys, it's the guys who fa- whose families don't care enough about them to celebrate Christmas Eve with them. <laughs> and Maybe if I jump in this water, I'll kill myself. <laughs> yeah, right. And you know Son? what? Sounds like a plan. Son, the family tradition is looking at shitty divers. <laughs> <laughs> Look at it! Look at it! <laughs> yeah. So that's Christmas now. Oh, okay. Because uh, okay. she's married into the family, so yeah. I'm fucked. <laughs> oh, gosh. I settled. I got to go to this place now. Did you get stuck in the cave? I get really claustrophobic in the cave. I, I was thinking, like, I'm a, I'm a much bigger dude than yeah, I, was me too. I was 12. Um <laughs> But no, I didn't get stuck. Um, nothing jumped out. There was actually somebody in the cave who was like trying to go the wrong way out. Like they were trying to go, they were trying to exit the entrance. Does that make sense? Yeah. Were they, they like were, freaking out? No, like, they were being. Don't very... keep going. <laughs> no, you were... don't want to know what's around the next corner. She was being very rude. She was like, "Excuse me." Oh my Excuse god! Excuse me, and I was like, "You're going the wrong way." Yeah. <laughs> for those this of, cave for leads those who to impatience. Uh, live in Colorado. Can you explain Black Bart's cave? I've heard about it, but I can't believe you've never been to Castle. I, I, I know it's it's like especially shame. in a post South Park world. I, I know yeah. it's so weird. If Casablanca is like the the Disney World of restaurants in Colorado, right? That's of like Mexican, right? Like it's, yeah, if Mexican. if you took and most people know it from the South Park episode, but like explain Black Park's Cave, it's like a little ride or something like. No, that, it's a it's like a it's like a hole in the wall that they painted black and put really? a skull in, and you crawl through it. Oh, um, yeah, and it's basically like actual rocks too. I mean, like you could yeah. legitimately break a limb <laughs> you yeah. slipped in Bart's cave. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like, it's not even like it's Disney. It's like if, wish. it's like if Six Flags and like an on the border had a baby. Um, <laughs> and that baby, and that baby had never gone to like chef school. Yeah. <laughs> because really the food is the fucking horrible. Oh gosh. It wasn't as It's not that bad. Yeah, it wasn't it's as bad. It's pretty bad. You go, you get the nachos because they're the cheapest thing on the menu, and then you eat sopapillas the whole night. You can't but are these nachos. Christmas nachos we're talking about? <laughs> Christmas nachos, Let me tell James. you, on, on Christmas Eve, you get your food real quick. And you get sopapillas constantly. You don't have to wait. You don't even have to put up the fucking flag for sopapillas. They just keep bringing them because you're the only people there. <laughs> Not that it matters, because even when it's that quiet, you c- still can't hear the performances through the shitty-ass speakers that they have in that building. <laughs> oh, oh gosh. Well, anyway. What do we do those, on this podcast? Yeah, what do we do? We talk about Casa Bonita? No. Um, we go out and review movies. This week we saw Tusk. Tusk. <laughs> and uh, what we'll do is we'll um, later on in the show we'll play a trailer, and then we'll let you know what we thought of the movie, and uh, it'll be spoiler-filled. And for this film... Uh, just go ahead and uh, probably skip it until you see it, but or just yeah. listen. You know, there, yeah, yeah, there are plenty it, of spoilers. Skip in, in the yeah, skip it until you see it, and then listen to the review afterwards because it's going to get all ugly in here. But we also we also review movie other movies that we've watched. Um, we also talk about DVDs and Blu-rays, upcoming box office, uh, real news. We unspool that a little bit, and sometimes we get some fan mail. Uh, I don't know. Do we have any of the fan mail this week? 
I don't think so. Nope. Okay, right on. Moving on. <laughs> See, it works pretty fast on this podcast. One segment down. Yeah. <laughs> Many to go. That was easy. All right. All right yeah. let's, uh, why don't we unspool some real news then, gentlemen? Okay. It's real news. Sorry, I literally had to unspool it this week. Yeah. yeah this All right. Is, we were dealing with an old film print here. Uh, not a whole lot this week. Not a whole lot. No. Um, but just a couple of things. They announced that they are going to release a Deadpool movie in the fall or winter of 2016, as well as that uh, Doctor Strange is going to be in the spring of 2016. So the year after Avengers 2 is going to be chock full of movies that have nothing to do with further Avengers films. Uh, or at least not in a you know traditional sense. I'm sure the Doctor Strange is in Avengers three, but uh, it's pretty interesting. Uh, maybe paints a picture that there are going to be some cast changes when we move into a further Avengers movie, and that you know maybe somebody gets shot in the head and dies. Mm. Um, that would be interesting. Thinking Cap, didn't Iron Man? Well, technically, of- technically Captain America is that year through that year too. So, oh, okay. um, but yeah, just. Excited. It's cool to see that they're going to start infusing that whole universe with some new characters that might be very different than the rest. Deadpool, Deadpool is probably going to be completely standalone. Um, right. Just because that movie that is so weird. Did you see the screen test that they did online, that they released online, that they oh, leaked? Yeah, that was awesome. Oh, shit. I don't it's even. Bananas. <laughs> I don't even like Deadpool, but that was a really badass sequence. That was so funny. I love when he's showing him the drawing that he did in crayon. Yeah. Of him slicing his head off. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great. It's fucking badass. Um, and then the only other thing really this week was, uh, or th- I'm only bringing this up because I think it's interesting. There really wasn't much news this week. Uh, Jed Apatow is going to make another show. Um, I don't know if you guys are really big Freaks and Geeks fans, but Love it. Love uh, it. yeah, Freaks and Absolutely. Geeks to me is one of the best shows in the last 15 years, probably. Um, it's a seminal show. For oh yeah, anybody who loves that Judd Apat- those Judd Apatow movies. Well, it's just oh, man, there there are things I really like Judd Apatow, but he has still never written anything as good as the scene when uh, when it's a whole episode about Bill and and his mom, and, and it's just a, a tough episode. You kind of learn like how hard his life is, and he comes home and just sort of sits down in front of the TV and turns the TV on, the and TV's after a minute friend. or two, just starts to laugh. And like that escapism is such an amazing picture of like what it's like to be a kid, and and especially what that that pop culture is like when you're a kid or or what zach eastman was like growing up <laughs> yeah. exactly. no exactly <laughs> um so anyway he's uh he's making another tv show no called- mom i don't want to go outside <laughs> uh you sound like that <laughs> <laughs> he's uh he's making another show called love which is going to be on netflix so uh, and starring jillian jacobs from from community so yeah cool. um, i want to see that yeah that sounds awesome yeah do they say what it's about uh no not really I mean it's oh, okay. about some character who I'm love? sure is Julian <laughs> Jacobs um yeah or loved yeah or loving some somebody loves someone sometime Unintended. <laughs> uh anyway that, nice unless there's something I missed did I miss something no I didn't miss anything no I don't think that's you missed news anything. yeah that's news Bam. right on that was quick and easy yep um do we want to jump into some DVD oh, release Don Pardo died Don Pardo that's right Don Pardo died. Uh, the great towering voice of SNL. I mean, like, oh, how right. many people can say, like, they were famous for just their voice? Like, just in terms of, Don like, LaFontaine. Don LaFontaine. Uh, he's one of them. Mel Blanc is another one. Like, their voices, like, defi- like they, they were part of a generation. Like, you grew up on Don Pardo. 
in in a lot of ways. And so to see him pass is like it's it's part of that generation of that old time radio culture that's gone, where the voice was very important to performance. Like there was a there was a great thing that he did on the um, in the first season of SNL. Uh, it's a sketch with him and Lauren Michaels, and Don Pardo's just uh, doing the voiceover. But uh, Lauren Michaels is trying to convince the Beatles to come on the air, and he uh, persuades them that he'll pay them three hundred dollars. That's um, that's uh, what they whatever you want to do with the split with Ringo. That's up to you. <laughs> and mm. um, Don Pardo's just like send your money too. <laughs> he just goes into that that bit. And it's just so wonderful to like listen to him, you know, get into the spirit of that performance and not just be the announcer that could have just been a pre-recorded bit. He he was an active part of that show. Yeah. So to see him pass, it's a, it's the death of some of a generation, you know. Yeah. And apparently, uh, Daryl Hammond's going to succeed him. Yeah. He's, That's he's awesome. The new announcer. Yeah. That's Good awesome. Team. That that'll be that'll yeah. be fine. I can work with that. It's not that I, it's not that it matters to me. Like that, I'm not working for SNL. Is uh, <laughs> is SNL still on TV? Yes, it is. Oh. Oh. I don't know who's on it. But that thing. wasn't a legitimate question. That was <laughs> James that was s- trying to that was, I, I thought express was, his I thought he was asking. distaste for the show, I guess. <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> I was just curious. Um, is the president still black? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is he? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Isn't he also half white? What are we doing next? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're doing DVDs, re- DVD releases, and Blu-rays. Cool. <laughs> DVD releases and Blu-rays. This is a big week for horror movies. Um, there's a complete Halloween collection this week, which looks... I mean, it looks cool to me, but I don't really... Yeah, that's the care complete set movies. that Ryan and I have been gushing about. That has oh, the yeah? Halloween 6 producer's cut. Ooh. Oh. The box yeah. set is, is pretty badass looking. Um, I, I mean, I really like the first Halloween, but uh, I haven't, I haven't seen the whole, the whole thing. You have it. You, you need to go through. Just, I, I would, I would recommend buying it. Yeah. And then if you don't like it, just go ahead and resell it. And then just give it to you. Is that where uh, you're going? No, 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 yeah. no. Although that would be a very nice Christmas present. I'm just saying. It ain't Christmas um, yet, friend. It, 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 <laughs> we're going to Casa Bonita. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So no, um, it's uh, you just go through the whole series, but the producer's cut of Halloween Six is vastly different from the original theatrical cut. Does it have? Does it have stuff like the TV edit of Halloween Two? Or yes, it yeah, does. It oh, okay. Yes, it has all those. It has the rare NBC nineteen seventy nine version of Halloween from the first one for TV with additional scenes, including scenes of young Michael at the age of six in the sanitarium, and also you got a little bit of. Um, uh, flashbacks with Dr. Loomis going like, I'm telling you, he's evil, boo, and doing the thing he does so well. Um, and, uh, oh gosh, what else? Uh, a pointless scene where Laurie and um, uh, 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 Linda, where Laurie and Alex. Linda are talking, and it's just, it's whatever. <laughs> that took a long time to explain something <laughs> stupid. <laughs> I wasn't helping. Yeah, I wasn't. Cool. Yeah. Um, there is also a complete collection of the Saw films coming out this week. Nice, um, which looks like a lot of Saw films. Yeah, uh, seven like twenty-five bucks, I think. Yeah, yeah. It did. Uh, shoot, I already closed the window, but it looked like it was oh, it was reasonable. Wanted to see it. Um, yeah, it doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like a badass super case. It just looks like a a big box set. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I want them to. They had a really cool collection for the first three of them that I wanted to 
them to like adapt or something like that. Mm. Like cool. you could like have like buy little separate sleeves or something. Uh, Neighbors, which we saw that this year, right? Yeah, I, I remember seeing that movie. D- Brad, did we like that movie? Uh, most of it us was, did. Yeah, I think it was like funny, but it wasn't like see it twice funny. If I remember right, it was. It was. I, en- I, I enjoyed I liked it. it. Yeah, like I remember enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but Zach I guess Efron's I, in it. I guess I don't remember why I enjoyed it. So that probably means I should buy it on Blu-ray and watch it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's. Did you see me in Orson Welles? Shit, man. <laughs> yeah. I just, the movie just gives all my married friends excuses to be like, no, it's okay to stay in. Be like, no, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Come have fun with me, goddammit. Uh, the Exorcist is getting a complete anthology release this week. Yay. Well, not really. <laughs> no, I, have you seen the other sequels to The Exorcist, Willix? Um, no. Isn't there... <laughs> Isn't there like a like a director's cut of Exorcist three or something that's supposed to be better than the the studio cut? Or... <laughs> but that's like the the comparison of the Halloween six producers cut, you know. So no, I, I thought three was supposed to be good on its own. Like two is supposed to be like horrible. Yeah, because it has Linda Blair again, and it doesn't make sense why. Right, because the director hated the original, <laughs> so like he just wanted to make whatever <laughs> he wanted. Who's the director? I don't remember his name. Oh, gosh. But, yeah, I thought three was supposed to be, hey, go check it out. It's better than the second one. (laughs) I don't know. It was called Exorcist 3, The Heretic? Uh, No, two is The Heretic. Then there's just Exorcist 3. Then there's Exorcist, The Beginning, and Dominion, prequel to The Exorcist. Dominion is awesome. I also like Exorcist, The Beginning. But Are they like, both prequels? Which yeah, one's a prequel just, to the just, other? You know what? They're just they're just entertaining. Like they don't have to supersede the first Exorcist. They're just decent horror movies. I'm like, not just decent fun watches. I want to understand the canon. So does Exorcist: The Beginning come before <laughs> Dominion <laughs> prequel to The Exorcist, or is the they're beginning... two alternate? They are li- that is literally alternate cuts. In uh, that were released in theaters, they released Exorcist: The Beginning first, and then in an independent release on Warner Independent before that folded, they released um, Dominion, a prequel to The Exorcist. So they're I both that, the same movie. I think that's what I'm. What I was it, it's to, yeah. kind of the same movie. Okay, but it, but it's just a different edit. Different edits and, and different a, scenes and, because they added a, scenes for The Exorcist: The Beginning. And it's but like to be the a, like sorry. the actors are the same actors. Yep. Okay, so it's not like one is a remake of the other. But it's no. like the same footage, and they, they, they reworked it. Right? Yeah, they reworked okay. it. So, and it's some, supposed to be better. The second version is supposed to be better. Dominion right? is way better. Okay. Um, in terms of story, in terms of being a faithful homage to Exorcist. Thank you for letting me dangle earlier. Yeah, not a problem. What the, what the, what the, what the. <laughs> Alrighty, we also have uh, The Signal, which has Lawrence Fishburne in it. We've got Attack on Titan Part 2, which is an anime. We've got a... 25th anniversary edition of Ghost in the Shell. Um, Brad, are you a big Ghost in the Shell fan? Are you going to be picking this up? It's a good movie. I, I won't be getting it, but... Okay, cool. Uh, something called Rover with Guy Pierce. Um, they are releasing Roman Polanski's The Tragedy of Macbeth, if you want to rape kids. And <laughs> uh, season three of Key and Peele is coming out this week. And then a movie called Stage Fright, which I don't know if this is a Scream Factory release. It kind of looks like one, just based on the cover. But it doesn't Stage fright is that the it. one? Oh my um, gosh! I think that's the the horror it, film about it looks the kid like who's obsessed with movies or something like that. He like kills Blue people underground. in the theater. I, I don't think, think that's no, I don't think it is. Well, sure. I'm not sure if Blue Underground is. I'm not sure if Blue Underground is like the original producer, but 
Um, the cover see. just looks like a Scream Factory release, but maybe it's somebody ripping it off. Brett, if if Ryan were here, he would be able to tell us, but he's not because he had no. A baby. But there there is a movie that I was talking about that is I, like that is on Shout Factory. I huh. thought that was what they were re- releasing. This looks interesting because this looks like a whole bunch of kids get their heads stuck in a fish tank, um, <laughs> which I don't think that's terribly horrifying. Uh, and then a complete box set collector's edition thing of all the seasons of How I Met Your Mother. If you want a whole collection of that. Um, I like so, How I Met Your Mother, so yeah. I do, too. And it's a cool-looking box set, um, and I don't own any of them, but I don't know that I'm going to run out. and The whole thing's on Netflix, so it's kind of hard for me to justify doing DVDs are going to be a lost commodity soon. Is it in a yeah. pineapple? No. There's a pineapple <laughs> on the front. Uh, oh, so there's okay. a pineapple. There's a, um, a goat. A, f- a French horn. No, there's no goat. There's a umbrella and something else. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Um, but it goat. looks like it looks like some kind of, it, it actually it looks like a box set of the Lord of the Rings like it's fancy it's dark colored and there's like gold filigree all over it <laughs> it's, I, I don't understand what trying it has to, to they're do trying with. to trick people yeah so, is this Lord of the Rings <laughs> <laughs> I got all nine seasons of the Lord of the Rings how I'm how I met your Frodo <laughs> yeah nope anyway that's Blu-rays Sir Hobbitses uh so that's it for DVDs and that's Blu-rays. It. That's it. All right, cool. Let's do in some box office. Gosh, right. sorry, box office numbers. Okay. This is the box office stats. Tired. It's been a long week from work. No good deed came in at number one. No good deed. Barely beating out Dolphin Tale Two. September's the fucking worst month for movies. <laughs> No, some January of, some of us, was some of more us are uh, big Harry Connick Jr. fans. So <laughs> yeah, oh man, the I movie, did see the first one. Uh, the movie we saw, Let's Be Cops, is at number five at four point three million dollars, um, which is probably okay for a movie that cost them like twenty six dollars to make. Can I ask um, how Robert Rodriguez is doing? Uh, okay. <laughs> I'd love to know. Hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. I need to scroll down farther. Shit. <laughs> Um, oh, that poor man. <laughs> holy shit. I haven't found it yet. Seems Wait. Like, seems like it's gone. Uh, Hold on, hold on. Control F. <laughs> okay, here it is. Frank Miller's Sin City, A Dame to Kill For, at number 32 for the Ooh, week. Wow. It made $189,000 last week. <sighs> Gentlemen, thoughts. <laughs> it got beat. Whoa! It got beat out by Hercules, which released in July. <laughs> <sighs> it got beat out by Maleficent, which released in what? Uh, May. Yeah. June. No, it's in June. its sixteenth week. Malefic- Maleficent. Jesus. You had to bring it up. Yeah, you I just to wanted to know, and now I just feel bad for Machete Kills in Space. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, well, the anyway. trailer might be all you'll ever see of that. Yeah, I have that weird feeling in my gut. Uh, shoot. It got be- Atlas shrugged. Part three. Who is John Galt? Made four <laughs> times as much money <laughs> as Sin City: A Dame to Kill for. Now I'm just being mean. Wow, <laughs> this is horrible. How we should much? Move on. Four times. It made almost half a million dollars oh, this week. Oh, that figures. There's a, there's a crowd for that. It didn't yeah. seem like they did much marketing for A Dame to Kill for, though. 
Yeah, they didn't. I just didn't see There much. was like a trailer online. That was it. There was no yeah. posters. I didn't see any posters. Yeah. Did you see a poster? Seems like they should have released that movie like at least a year or two years after the year. They, they should have the released it one. like eight, yeah, eight years yeah. ago. They should have made that movie back when Robert Rodriguez was interested in making movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the trailer for, or the, not the trailer, the pilot for um, From Dust Till Dawn? Yeah, I've seen I've seen the first like three or four episodes. I like the pilot. I haven't. I like the pilot. I haven't watched anything else further, but I liked how they readapted the first scene of the movie. It's it's fun. It's like you know how the the movie's kind of serious and silly at the same time. Yeah, that's how the show is. It's so, the same thing. That's pretty cool. Huh. Yeah. That's cool. It's entertaining. It's not like blow your socks off, but it's yeah. It's a good. But they they remake the Gecko Brothers scene in the in a. Yeah, and the guy who's playing Quentin Tarantino's role is kind of weird. He's too handsome. Yeah. He's too handsome oh. to play like a creepy Tarantino yeah, kind of role. That, and that was mm-hmm. kind of the whole point. <laughs> which which inevitably means that the other guy is not handsome enough to play George Clooney. Yeah. Oh, he's pretty handsome, but he looks a little more... <laughs> he looks like he has a little bit of Latin flair to him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> delicate phrase. Delicate phrase. <laughs> delicate phrasing. Not like me. He like, has not, delicate phrasing. Not, 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 not like me earlier. <laughs> Cool. What's next? Um, I think we're going to go into Comic Book Corner. Does anybody have a comic book they'd like to recommend? What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. What do you guys read? Do you guys read comics? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Tell me about your favorite comic. Um, my, jeez. Uh, <laughs> I'm reading uh, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing right now. Cool. Um, which I love. I've I've never read it. It's on my list of shame. I keep meaning to. Um, it's really good. So. Um, I just finished uh, the Lock and Key series. Fuck, which yes. is fucking amazing. Thank you. Um, I wrote it. You wrote it? No, I'm, oh. I, just, I, I don't know like, why I said you'd thank have a you. better apartment. Um, like I was. Really <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, With more vases. Yeah. And uh, uh, I I also love uh, I I I reread Why the Last Man. Yeah. Like once a year. I love Batman. So awesome! Um, talk about seeing Joe Hill at Comic Con. Oh my god! Year, oh. And like his son. Like this is one of my favorite stories we got from uh, going to Comic Con. Okay, so we went to the Lock and Key panel, um, which had the artist. I forget his name escapes me. Gabriel, Gabriel Rodriguez. Rodriguez and Joe Hill. They were just talking about Lock and Key. And Joe Hill looks so much like his dad, who's Stephen King. It's scary. Um, and uh, but they were talking about. Are you talking about the when he was talking about the TV show? Um, no, no. Or no. his kid. His kid. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, so we were over by. We were in Artist Alley, and um, Joe Hill was talking to uh, Bruce Tim. Yeah. And uh, his kid, Joe Hill's kid, was, like, behind the booth as well. But he was angry about something, and he was, like, marching back and forth in a short line, <laughs> steaming of just about something. <laughs> like, maybe, I don't want to be here, Dad. And I was like, that is the scariest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's Stephen King's blood right there, and he is pissed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's pretty good. Yeah. Was he awesome? Uh yeah, yeah except really cool. except that he said he liked the pilot for uh, Lock and Key. I don't know if you've seen. The no, pilot. have you seen it? Uh, I've seen. I've like I you can't I can't find it anywhere. I, I've seen yeah. the trailer and I've seen stills and just that alone is like the art direction is just not. 
it, up to snuff at in all. Comparison, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked I liked a lot of the casting, um, and I I was interested. I was really interested to see what they could do. I uh, I, I do want to yeah. see the pilot. I didn't I, see. I I don't know if I. It'd be it'd be cool to see the actors see what they could do yeah. with it. I don't think any of them looked like. No, the no. the like I wanted the characters to look more like they did in the book, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, um, and there was like picky stuff too. Yeah, like the woman in the world didn't have yellow eyes. Yeah, and, yeah. And well, and she just didn't. She does not look quite creepy enough. But also right. because when you have to create a character, when you have to cast a character who has to be able to portray a man for multiple seasons right. of a show, right. that or like cast a woman with a man, like there's not an easy way to do that. Yeah, I would right. imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, though they just did it with Peter Pan, so that. There's one way. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just go get Allison Williams. So you're to, wrong. Yeah. So yeah. So fuck me. All right. Um, the the shame of coming. it. The shame of it is that like Fox, when they decided not to pick it up, had to like really just pour salt in the wound. And their official statement was, "We watched it and we thought this was too good to be a show." Which is just like, what, like what they were saying was, we don't think it would be a series. It could be like a mini series, but it's 2014. Nobody sees mini series anymore. Mm. Um, but it was just like a shitty way to say, like, oh, we're not picking this up because it's too damn good. But that, but that's what Netflix is doing with the Marvel shows. Yeah, those are going to be mini series. Yeah, really. I, I, I think you could make an awesome mini series. Yeah. I don't Absolutely. really give a damn if you just make Lock and Key. I will run to it. <laughs> um, that's all I want. I don't yeah. care if anybody else watches it. Yeah. Um, yeah, as long as they keep making it. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was too bad. It was really too bad. Well, yeah, with Fox the, too. It's like this looks too good. This is going to cost more money. Yeah. You know? No, that's so, true too. Yeah. Fox likes to rush. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, and then yeah. not air the pilot, <laughs> <laughs> or, or air the first episodes out of order. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, that's a roundabout way of saying that all of these books, Lock and Key, yeah. uh, Why the Last Man, uh, Sandman, or uh, uh, Swamp Thing, yeah. you should go to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics, and check them out. They are going to be able to get you the trades there for twenty percent off. Plus, if you open a hold slot and start following some of the, I don't know. Uh, monthly issues that they have there as well. You can get those at a discount. Uh, go talk to Andrew. He will hook you up. Andrew um, will give you the hookup. He gives guy. up the hookups. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is the best comic store in Denver, as far as I'm concerned. So, And as far as this show is concerned, what are we doing next? I think we're going to be talking about what we've been watching lately. Cool. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. I'm going to go ahead and start with Brad. Brad, what did you watch this week? Uh, I started with Death Warrant because I'm making a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. So That's right. Jean-Claude Van <laughs> Damme's Dan Van. put one on Netflix. And uh, yeah, Death Warrant. It's uh, ridiculous, <laughs> of course. Um, Jean-Claude uh, dispatches with the Sandman killer. And then he has to go solve another murder. Of his friend, who was an undercover agent in prison, I guess. <laughs> was he undercover in prison? To, or was he an to, undercover agent who ended up in prison? Or was he both? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, all I know, he was in there, and I assume it was for some kind of mission. Um, and then he gets murdered. So it's up to Jean-Claude to figure out why he was murdered. Because he, he was in prison. End of movie. Yeah, that's, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens in prison. You get murdered. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, long story short, the, uh, prison is murdering all the inmates so they can use their organs, uh, and sell them to 
hospitals and make money that way. Oh, because the prison is in like Romania? No, the prison's <laughs> in America. What scandal? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That would never happen here, right? No, 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 no. No, no not at all. Nobody's um, getting murdered in prisons. No. And having their body parts recycled for the elite, wealthy elite. <laughs> <sighs> Who are these rich people? It's so happening right now, people? and you're these, blind to it, James. Who are these rich so people, people sitting people, around people, like, James. <laughs> who are these rich people sitting around like, I want to just eat really poor criminals? No, they're not eating them. I need the, a new the hobby. mayor's wife or whatever had cancer or something, and they replaced her organ. Oh, and then they like replaced her organ. Oh, okay, some that prisoners sounds organ. reasonable. Because who gives a shit about prisoners, right? No matter yeah. what they did. The Why weird thing we is, that? though, like this prison is the most posh prison. Uh, there's this one character called the priest, and his you can just walk into... He's got three cells all linked together. He's got cloth backdrops and um, transvestites, I think, that hang out <laughs> with him, and... He's the one to go to for information and access. And halfway through, shocker, the Sandman is alive. And he gets put in prison <laughs> because no one else there can assassinate Jean-Claude. So they put the Sandman in, which I don't know where he was hiding up until this point. Um, and then he tells Wait. everybody in the prison that Jean-Claude is a cop. And if there's one thing even the good prisoners hate, it's cops. Right. So it's... At that point, it's a race to the outside as Jean-Claude runs and just runs through the prison to get away from everybody until he gets to the boiler room. And then he has to fight in the boiler room, bo- Sandman in the boiler room. Then does does Sandman get killed and then like they take his lungs and they put it in the in like the president's wife and then she gets no. possessed by the Sandman? The Sandman gets kicked into a furnace. And then just when you think the movie's over, he jumps out of the furnace oh, and, brush, and just dusts himself off. And then he gets kicked in the face and his head falls back on a, on a screw. What? <laughs> <laughs> like a small screw? Wait no, a no. minute. It's a, it's a gigantic, like, shitting me. six inch industrial oh. bolt screw. I thought it was like a tiny one. That yeah, would have been yeah, hilarious. That would have been hilarious. But no, it was. And then he's still not dead. He well, says no. something like. I cannot be killed. And then John claude just walks over and then twists his face. And I guess Breaks Bolt finds the I right guess, spot in his brain yeah. to oh. take him down. It's called the John claude But it's like, holy blow. shit, you're fine just kicking him in the furnace. Yeah. Like, that was a perfectly acceptable ending to that. Right. But <laughs> some producer on set was like, meh. Let's just take it a little further. I mean, let's twice. keep this, but let's do something else. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking kick him and have him just kind of stumble back and have his skull fractured on this industrial bolt. And then they're like, okay, that's cool. We can add that, I guess. And then, no, no, no. One more thing. Have Jean-Claude come over because he's still not dead and then twist his head slightly. And that'll do it. Like, are you sure? It's like a combination lock. Yeah. <laughs> At that point, I wouldn't trust it. Like, the credits would roll and I'd be like, yeah. That motherfucker's coming back for the sequel. There's a death warrant, too. <laughs> he should be back. Yeah. There's no reason he wouldn't be. For the yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. After the credits, he just wakes up and is like, oh, I got to. If it were a nail, I could pull it out in one tug, but it, I have to <laughs> twist it 40 times to get it out of the back of my head. Yeah. And then the other thing I watched was Beverly Hills Cop. The 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 remake show? What? Movie what? thing? <laughs> No, the no, original that's Eddie Murphy. Okay, good. Oh, God. 1984, I think. Yeah. Settle down, James. Um, Don't bring up scary subjects. 
it's the first time I'd seen it. Oh wow! And it's considered this classic comedy. God damn it! You're gonna no. you're gonna crocodile Dundee this motherfucker. No. But, I mean, it's not a terrible movie, but I just didn't fuck. see the appeal. Um, Eddie Murphy is the appeal. What? Eddie Murphy goes in and he's got he's like, There's like I, I brought lunch for somebody and he pretends like he's somebody else or he's like snarky to a receptionist yeah. or like <laughs> Yeah, once in a while, but <laughs> <laughs> like there's one or two ex- there's one or two exchanges where he says something like has some Banana in the tailpipe, man. Banana in the tailpipe. Yeah. And like because of Clerks the Anime series, like that was spoiled for me. Like I, I knew what was yeah. yeah, gonna happen there, but and it's it's funny how he would you know send food to the cops tracking him down, but I don't know, I just didn't think any of it was all that in- interesting. And then the whole like the real plot of the movie isn't that compelling. No. Sorry. Watch the second one. It's a showcase yeah, for well, Eddie Murphy. Is the first one the one that ends with like the three of them walking in like some purple smoke? No. In like a in like a kids ride or some shit. Okay. I'm being told no. no. All right. Judges. That's fair. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> Just shut up. Go away. <laughs> cool. You going to watch the next one? Why yeah, do, why if are Netflix you going, gets it. Why are you going back to like old 80s movies? That, it's 30th anniversary. Netflix, man. Oh, okay. It okay. tells me what I should watch and I'm like, it's oh, yeah. It's suggested based off one. of watching so Masters far, of Sex you might like. So far, it's told you to watch... The both Crocodile Dundee movies and Beverly Hills Cop, and you haven't liked any Warren. of them. And Death Warrant. Both yeah. of them? Yeah. Both Crocodile Dundees? Yeah. Both Crocodile Dundees? This is the last week's yeah. show. Okay. <laughs> it was pretty interesting. I wow. was heartbroken. Yeah. The first one's fine. I, I, love, the, I, love, I love both of them. Yeah. They are one film to me. The first one was nominated for an Oscar for writing. I don't understand <laughs> that. I, I can't defend absurd. that at all. <laughs> See, don't he, put me out on a limb here. See, he doesn't understand what a bidet is because he's from the desert of Australia. But but so he washes his boot. And that's fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> this is comedic genius. You know it. Uh, we need to fill five more minutes of this movie. What can we do? Uh, what would be Eddie so Murphy unusual? To s- All right, yeah. uh, we rent. We've got the hotel room for another couple hours. We need to shoot some kind of scene in here. Look around for things he might not understand. <laughs> something, something funny. The bathroom. No. Go to the bathroom. I know a bidet. What could he do in the bidet? Does I he like? Know. Does he pee in it like a urinal? No, and no, then it no, sprays no. the pee back up. Well, yes. No, that's that's no, gross. No. That's gross. It's no, the eighties, no, man. No, no, no. Um, yes, of we have to have taste here. What if he washes something like his laundry? His boots. His boots. That's it. That's he it. Clean clever, his clever. boots. This is genius. Get the camera. Get the camera. <laughs> Just roll it. Paul, action. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I was playing Paul. Oh, you were. <laughs> Brad Ross. I'm playing the director. <laughs> Uh, what did else did I watch? <laughs> Crocodile Dundee won Boston, Oscar. Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, no. He had seen that one in theaters. Oh. <laughs> Before I'd even seen wow. those two movies. Oh. Yeah. Fun. Uh, I guess the last thing I saw was my film, The Diary of Anya Frank, play at the Esquire. That's oh, right. very cool. And then win Did an you award. win some awards? You won some awards. I did win you? an award, Tell yes. everybody about your award. We won the best use of the line of dialogue in the 48-hour contest. Dude, that's cool. That's yes. really cool. Congratulations. Thank you. Can is there a place it's, somewhere perhaps on our site where they can see this film? 
Uh, yeah, maybe uh, by the time this airs, it'll be on com. but you can always go to nebbisvisions.com. Awesome. Or Facebook. It's on there. Awesome. Um, nice. If you search for The Diary of Anya Frank, will you find it? That's right. Cool. Um, yeah. Congratulations. Thank Good you. Good job. It's a little bittersweet because um, I had this amazing cast that did all this acting um, three times in each take, yeah. 40 times total, whole scenes, and... Uh, I don't act, but I filled in for that line, and then that's what you got a word for. <laughs> <And> you won. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what you got to do next year. Is when you when you like bring together your cast, be like, "All right, guys, last year I won us award an award <laughs> all by myself. So if you guys would just step up for once, look, I know you've been through all these acting classes, but just watch yeah. me. Just watch this face. I know you guys <laughs> think you try. <laughs> this is an award-winning but performance. Clearly, raw talent. Is more than Did you what see that piece of paper on my wall? Did you see it? Yeah. <laughs> Look at this. Look at this right here. <laughs> Look at it. <laughs> 2014. <laughs> I remember the year, bitch. I didn't pay to Best this line for of dialogue <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever. Uh, Acting. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> the line was, "It was the Nazis." Uh, cool. cool. Good job. Right That's it for me. Matt Willicks, what yes. have you watched this week? Um, well, I'm going to sort of piggyback on Beverly Hills Cop, but Brian and I had a movie night over the summer where we watched every every cool thing from 1984. That's so. right. The famous Ooh. Matt Willicks Summer of Cinema. Summer of Cinema. That's yes. right. Um, anyway, yeah, we yeah, we just saw, yeah, we went to Ghostbusters twice in the twice. theaters. That was awesome. Cool. Um, I ju- we just watched um, Curtains. Yeah, uh, Canadian horror movie, which uh, has this really famous like ice skating kill scene. <laughs> Is it about <laughs> killer curtains? curtains? No, you you want think. it to be. <laughs> yeah, that would have been pretty awesome. Actually, it was <laughs> kind of a like if you um, <laughs> look at these window patterns. <laughs> They're to die and for. <laughs> and Nazis. Um, Just when you thought it was safe to go near the tapestry, <laughs> <laughs> but curtains. the uh, the director ended up not getting uh, credited, and the guy who yeah. plays the director in the movie got credited as the director. Right, the character, the character, the character yeah. got credited. Yeah, it, it was yeah, a nightmare it's, hearing it's, about the, the production. Produ- the, and the producer like recut it because he was doing this kind of. Very kind of artsy horror film, and he's like, "I just want a slasher, right? A eh? because he's Canadian." Um, oh, oh, I thought oh, that was because he was eighty-one years old. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why you kids, but it's a uh, it's get your movie off my lawn. <laughs> it's a great one to watch, like with people making fun of it. And oh, okay, cool. There was a, there's a really creepy like mask in it. And yeah, it was pretty cool. A doll. There's yeah. always a freaking creepy doll. Yeah. I. Uh, <laughs> I just bought Evolution. I didn't watch it yet. You Evolution, Evolution? The comedy? With David Duchovny? Yeah. The Ghostbusters 3 script. Yeah. yeah. Really? So, yeah. And that's what I they turned it into. That. But I haven't watched it yet. So. <sighs> have, you, have you never seen it? I saw it in theater, and oh, I don't okay, yeah. remember anything about it. I don't remember this I remember Sean William right. Scott being Sean William Scott. And that's, I'm, yeah. that's about right. I'm not entirely sure that I can separate Evolution and Eight-Legged Freaks in my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's fair. That's yeah. pretty fair. Well, I was like eight when they came out, so mm. oh, yeah. okay. they like, yeah, collide. They mesh. Yeah. Cool. Um, I just rewatched all the Matrix movies. What do you think of three now? 
does one hold up? It's not. (laughs) One is shit. Uh, Actually, when I was watching Matrix, no, no, no. He's kidding. That was a joke. Okay. Um, These are the jokes. (laughs) Keep up. When I started watching Reloaded, sorry, I'm so slow. I was like, oh, I I remember all these scenes from Reloaded, and they were actually the scenes I was remembering were from Revolutions, Mm. and. Apparently, I didn't remember anything about Reloaded, and I remember thinking, like, The Matrix is awesome, Animatrix, it's very interesting, Reloaded <laughs> is, this is fun, <laughs> Revolution's that is like, that guy's got a sword, I have, like, Revolution's yeah. like, I have to like this because of battle mechs, Neo's back, <laughs> yay, and, yeah. uh, Morpheus, but, but I mean, on, on the whole, I think, I, I think they were, I don't think they're as bad as people are saying, no, they no, were originally, they're cool, they're cool, they're, I mean, they're fun movies. You're, it's just a little long, and there was like, I think they went a little too heavy on philosophical stuff, like and on, like, and on CG and on CG, and like when the the Oracle is like they made up, they're like, oh, she, you know, because the original Cause lady the died. died, yeah, yeah, she did this stupid explanation. She's like, this is why I look different. I made a choice, and it's like, it, it doesn't, what? It doesn't yeah. mean anything. Like you, yeah. you could have just. Brushed it over and not we're acknowledged in a wor- it. We're in a world where there are computer programs. You can come up with all kinds of... There's a yeah. fucking pie that gives you orgasms. <laughs> <laughs> that's, right, that's right. Come on. That's the Matrix movie I want to see. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that's <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> did it again. <laughs> I love Man. the Matrix. <laughs> So much. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I always compare them to to the Pirates of the Caribbean sequels, where like I have fun with them, but the things in those sequels aren't what I love about the first movie. Like exactly. there's really, there, yeah. there's things in the first movie that aren't present in the sequels that are the reason I like the first movie. Yeah, exactly. And it's not it's not the the philosophy. It's not even necessarily the crazy camera movement stuff. Um, it's the practical effects and sort of the badass idea of I'm in a computer. Um, and and when you're in a computer in the sequels, it's not cool. And when you're not in a computer in the sequels, it's not cool. This is about <laughs> the explanation that you're giving is a, makes as much sense as the actual speech that the architect gives in The Matrix. The architect scene is my favorite scene in the sequels. Why? Because <laughs> that I actually think is interesting. Like then You're wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I That's the part where I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like you... Ah, it, it, no, <laughs> it, it wasn't that bad. It, it's the one thing systemically anomaly. anomaly. <laughs> it's the one thing that suddenly I takes. I could, I'm sorry, I couldn't understand what he was talking about. It, it's like I know what he was talking about, but he, the no. dialogue that he's delivering is so weird. Like the word yeah. choice is really weird. It's like if if a train jumped the tracks and then magically landed on tracks that were going to put it back on the rails. Okay. Like, that's what that scene does, is that, like, you're in the middle of a train that is clearly going to be derailed, and then there's this exposition scene that comes in and is like, okay, 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 all right, we're going to get this back on track. Like, here we go, here we go, here we go. And they explain to you what's supposed to be going on, and then, of course, they go on to make a sequel where everything just fucking explodes. Well, yeah, that's obvious. But, but like, I, I mean, like, I just, I don't know. Like, it, I mean, I was fine with the suspension of disbelief. My problem was that it just, I, the, like I said, the word choice, the way the word choice was, yeah. like, it, it's, it's a little, like, okay, it's not even, like, weird. It's just boring. 
Yeah. I was more or less bored. Oh, it's totally a boring scene. Yeah, it's and like, like it would be the most mind-numbing sequence if not for the fact that there's looked, like TVs in the background. It looked like, like Keanu, this asshole punch him in the face. Like, it looked like Keanu's brain was hurting. Like he looked like he was having like 10 seizures at once and we was just so yeah. frozen that he couldn't like, you know, emote or act. Yeah. But it was because of his spinal fusion. <laughs> um. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot about that. Right on. Cool. Don't cross. Don't cross the streams. Brian, what did you watch this week? Just uh, what Matt Willex watched? No, it's. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I, I'm Brian now. Zach's, Zach, Zach's been smoking a lot, so I don't know where my body. Sorry, is. Brad. What did you want to say? Uh, well, they mentioned they um, did like a 1984 marathon. Yeah. Um, I was going to say we need to do a uh, 1984 film, film explosion because holy shit. I know. It's Looking on our list. list. Yeah, 84 was huge. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm just going to, just like in the, like, the first 30 of them, like I'm looking at the highest grossing movies of the year so far. <laughs> orange soda. <laughs> Sorry, oh, my God. There's Please orange crush in there. Other things are going on. Yeah. Gotta have my uh, orange crush. But yeah, as fast as I can, like these are all like, these are all like pop culture classics, like yeah. Beverly Hills yeah. Cop, Ghostbusters. Wait, uh, you Temple just started Doom. with a movie you just said was bad. What you you started with? Because <laughs> it's the highest grossing one. This of is a Beverly Hills Cops, which is shit. But Gremlins, The Karate Kid, Police Academy, Footloose, Romancing the Stone, Star Trek Three, Splash, Purple Rain, Amadeus, The Natural, Revenge of the Nerds, Red Dawn, The Terminator, um, Friday the Thirteenth, Conan the Destroyer, Dune, Conan uh, the Destroyer, Fuck Dune. Oh my God. Um, a Nightmare on Elm Street. We did watch Terminator. We watched Terminator. 16 Candles. Have you not seen Terminator? Ladies, ladies. <laughs> the Neverending Story. Johnny Dangerously. Breaking 2. Electric Boogaloo was that Fuck year. yes. Supergirl. Um, Supergirl? There's really? like there's That's like five di- like uh, breakdancing movies. That yeah, there's a lot of breakdancing movies. Breaking two, like, like yeah. break, and they both break and breaking breakin two came out in the same year. Step up to the streets. Streets of Fire. I saw that at the Alamo this year. Ninja Three: oh, yeah. The Domination. That's not a classic, but <laughs> there's a movie called 1984 that came out in 1984. Oh, I guess what's 1984? <laughs> Have you seen the trailer? It's like the movie about the book. Yeah. About the year. <laughs> 1984. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. F- oh, oh, Firestarter. The Night of the Comet was uh, one of those um, that Ryan got with the Scream Factory. Yeah. yeah. He was talking about that. Yeah. Top Secret. Oh. Yeah. Just tons of, tons of stuff out here. <laughs> I don't anyway. know why after that whole list you said Top Secret and I went, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know something we don't know. Fuck. <laughs> Wait, so. <laughs> oh, shit. I forgot did, about Top Secret. Did we mention Buckaroo Banzai? Did we? Oh, was that that? Uh, yeah. It might be under like the. It, it probably this is the first 100. 100 yeah. So oh, okay. it might be on the next. That was the first one that. Or, yeah, I hadn't seen that movie yet. I want to see Hot Dog one. the Movie. That's, Hot Dog the Movie. That's a title yeah. in here. <laughs> and it, and was, you had hamburgers. Yeah. And a movie called <laughs> Weekend Pass that I've never heard of made more money than it. I believe Weekend Pass is an Owen Wilson movie from 2008. That's Hall Pass. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, wait. So there's a, there's Breakin came out this year, and also Breakin 2, Electric uh-huh. Boogaloo. Yeah, they came out in the same year. Wow. Yeah. They were so confident. Was one just like it the was deleted like, scenes? No, it was like Back to the Future <laughs> 2 and 2. Yeah. 
It's the only time that a first movie, they while making it, they were like, this is going to be so amazing. We have to make a sequel <laughs> I right think the away. producers are like, this is hitting. This, people like this. We need to get this out before next year hits. <laughs> now. <laughs> Damn you, cut yeah. faster. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I can imagine that editor just being in like, what the fuck am I doing? Oh, they, they might this have is, shot so much they just made a second movie. That's true. Ooh, you know this was a big epic in the making. You you have no idea. It's the, like Ben Hur, but they yeah, cut it in half. Exactly. Ben Hur of street dancing. <laughs> Next year, Tamir Bekmenvatov is remaking Breaking Two Electric Boogaloo. That would be amazing. Um, all right, where were we? <laughs> Um, Brian, oh yeah! What did you um, watch this week? This week I've been watching um, Hannibal season two, oh, and fuck yeah. I've been loving it. I've been waiting for this Blu-ray to come out. Oh yeah, and like <laughs> it's um, coming from you. That's a well. The episodes are. Yeah, I'm, I've I've just finished the first disc this week, and uh, they're full of like producer cuts. Mm-hmm. So it's like I can't believe the shit that they get away with. Oh you know? yeah, it's like it's yeah. amazing, and the writing's even better this season. Like, do you think I they show the producers' cuts just to show like how much they can like actually get away with to like make it? Even I mean, it still fits what the story's going for, and it's just more graphic. Absolutely, yes. yeah. I'm I'm an, I'm impressed with um, what they accomplished in that show. So yeah. I'm loving it. Um, and um, Penny Dreadful, I've been finishing that one too. So. Right Very cool. What, what is Penny Dreadful? I've never watched it. It's a Showtime series. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a mashup of the um, literary uh, monster classics like Dracula, um, <clears throat> Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, um, and a uh, slew of others. Uh, Van Helsing even makes an appearance in it. Um, it's uh, it's done really well. Where uh, I think it's true to the, uh, to that classic literature, the dialogue's very good. Cool. Um, and there's some action sequences that are interesting because it just felt like they weren't happy with the edit, so they're like, "Yeah, let's put both in here." So it's just it's really interesting. Huh. And like, Plus, Ava Green love scenes. Ava Green love scenes. There's oh. that. Oh my God. There's a. There's a <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Did no, you no, no. see Sin City too? <laughs> she doesn't no, get. There's been a lot of Ava Green. In it, does she? Because I don't think so. I don't I've seen that. so much of that this year. Yeah, it's like <laughs> <laughs> no, but that wasn't what I was going to comment. It's like, like it's like Gwyneth Paltrow in 1994. <laughs> like, I'm just, listen, people, I'm hot. Keep <laughs> <laughs> getting naked until you I, do I get it. I get it. You still admit have to admit it. Those are great. Okay, come on, let's get yeah. on with the story. Yeah. Um, no, put those well, away. Look at, look at <laughs> put those dirty pillows away. <laughs> we got vampires to get to. Come on. Um, no, like. She does this scene where she becomes possessed, and um, it's a table reading, and I won't really spoil it, but it freaked the shit out of me. Like, she did so good. I don't know if they did a little bit of um, CG touch on her eyes, but it just felt unearthly. Because you were watching her breasts? That could have been. It's like, I'm not watching her (laughs) breasts. I don't know what CG they're doing in this scene. (laughs) You know what? I like it. <laughs> She's freaking me out. She's freaking me out, but I like it. Dirty bags. <laughs> so, but I definitely recommend both uh, shows. Very cool. Yeah, right very on. cool. Cool, James. What did you watch this week? Um, so actually, I'm gonna skip back like three weeks because I keep forgetting to talk about. Um, All right, throw into the, the last back. the last week that Ryan was on the show. We uh, 
I don't remember if it was him or no, it was him. Uh, he talked about Batman Assault on Arkham, uh, which he lent to me, and I finally got around to watching it. Uh, and that thing is awesome. Um, it's a really cool little. I want Marvel to make animated features as great as that one is. Honestly, I want DC to make live action features as good as that thing is. Because um, part of it is they just they just embrace the fact that it's like kind of fun and quirky and make a movie that is allowed to be that. Like those those are the characters as we know them from like the cartoon show or the or the game. Um, because he's very heavily steeped in the Arkham Asylum uh, like lore from the from the video games. I mean, um, and it's it's just really cool. Like it it is true that Batman doesn't show up as much as I would like him to early on, but when he does later on, it's pretty badass. It's a really cool version of Batman. Uh, and then Troy Baker's voice for uh, the Joker is really great. Uh, he's less. He's less cartoonish than than Mark Hamill, but he's definitely like trying to channel Mark Hamill in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, like he he sounds that way, and his laugh is is in that same kind of vein. But it's a bit more not menacing, but like cruel almost. Like it's a it's a deeper voice, um, and I re- I really liked it. Like if 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 Troy Baker becomes the voice of Joker for a little while, now that Mark Hamill kind of wants to give it up. Uh, I think that would be good. I, I liked him a whole lot more than Michael Emerson in... Um, uh, what did Michael Emerson do him for? Uh, Dark Knight Returns, that's right. Um, I, I like this voice a whole lot better. So it was great. Um, yeah, Matt? Oh, I was yeah. just going to say, we <clears throat> saw a screening of our Assault at, um, on Arkham at Comic-Con. And uh, who did the voice of Joker in uh, Under the Red Hood? Oh, John DiMaggio. John DiMaggio. John DiMaggio, oh, John DiMaggio yeah. and did Troy. He does it again? No, no, no. no John no. DiMaggio was... did a voice for Assault on Arkham, and he and Troy did a laugh-off, a Joker laugh-off. Oh, stage, yeah? And it was pretty fucking incredible. It really was. Awesome. Yeah, I was just like, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, he does... Um, it's not Killer Croc. It's a shark... Jaw. No, um, yeah. dang it. Damn. It's it's exactly like Killer Croc, only it's a shark. Right. Sort yeah. of, I think. Um, which was an interesting character. It's like some of the ones that they add in are... Like Captain Boomerang, like sounds really lame, but I, it actually kind of works into yeah, the story yeah, and like what so. those guys do are 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 pretty cool. Yeah, the blue yeah. collar villains in DC are awesome. Yeah, yeah. Despite having really lame names. names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I also got a chance to finish up the battery, which actually ended a couple of weeks ago. But I watched it with my roommate, and we just hadn't gotten around to watching it. Or sorry, not the battery. Uh, the leftovers. Sorry. I'm going to talk about the battery in a second. Spoilers for later in my segment. Um, so I got a chance to finish The Leftovers. Uh, and I, man, that show is fairly depressing a lot of the times. Um, because for being about, like, you know, some sort of magical happenings and being sort of fantastic, like, it's really just about sad people and about the way that people carry guilt around all the time. Um, and that's kind of depressing to watch and the the way that they sort of linger on that idea and some of the some of the characters in that movie that are in that show that are deliberately like trying to force people to sit and stew in their own guilt is just horrible to watch um but the story overall i i love i love those characters and i'm very interested in in that show and and where they go with it in another season um it it was really cool and i was 
relatively moved by some of the things that happened in that last uh, in that last episode. I think it's really well written and is is worth watching just for the scripts. Um, so that's really great. Um, and then the last thing was that uh, last week the battery came out on Blu-ray. And if you don't know what the battery is, the battery is a movie that we got to see a couple of years ago at the Telluride Horror Show. Um, that's it's like a it's a zombie movie. Like it takes place in a zombie world, but it's really about two guys just sort of wandering around trying to survive and they're sort of friends and it's really about like their friendship and the way that um, certain aspects of, of living in a zombie world are, are straining their friendship. Um, and it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. They, they made it for $6,000 and uh, there are two things. One, the Blu-ray is absolutely worth picking up and is really great. The, the, where'd you get the, it? The transfer is gorgeous. I got it on Amazon. Damn it. Um, why? I tried to pick it up in stores and, um, is it hard to find? Well, they said it was either at Walmart or an FYE, which oh. we don't have an FYE. Uh, there's one in Fort Collins, but yeah. I think Tradesmart might be an FYE, uh, but oh, I haven't really? been there yet. Oh, okay. Um, and Walmart didn't have any? Walmart had the DVD, not the Blu-ray. Oh, fuck. That's worthless. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, totally. Might as well just... Might as well just show's bro- all about trash and DVD today. You might as well just break that thing We're going to talk about laser discs next week. Um, it's really yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get it on Amazon and let it ship because it's great. Um, it has a sweet poster too. Like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, it's I, so I it's love. a it's a shout factory. So like the cover is unfortunately like a very um, the one that comes with the stock cover is like a very horror film kind of poster. But of course, the first thing I did before I even watched it was I flipped it around to the original poster that is just awesome. Like it's this painted almost like Drew Struzan style poster of just these two dudes standing in a field. Like right. you would never, like you glance at it, you would never know it was a zombie movie mm-hmm. until you turn it over and there's like zombies and guys stuck in cars. Um, the poster that was up all over the Alamo. Uh, no, no, no. Um, it wasn't at the Alamo. No, um, they had posters for it though. Did they? They had like little screenshots of it, like the uh, digital poster that they have on the outside. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah, I didn't notice. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like, yeah, I, and I haven't seen the battery yet, but I've heard good things and I've seen it's, your guys' interviews and stuff. So it's awesome. Um, and the the documentary they have on there about the making of is really pretty fascinating. Um, and it's kind of cool in retrospective to like go back and and this is not me plugging our own show but like to go back and listen to their interview or to just remember the way that they talked at the time after making it and then like the things that they admit and they talk about now in this making of um were really pretty interesting because there were things that like i think back now and i'm like oh they were totally being kind of cagey about that like they didn't want to admit that even though i'm super impressed by like absolutely everything that they did on that movie to the point to which i i realized in watching it that i don't think I have felt this way about a little indie movie that could since probably Brick. Um, and what I mean by that is that Brick is one of those movies that I wanted everyone I know to see that movie. So much so that I've bought it multiple times because I'll like lend it to people and not get it back. Or lend it to people and they'll lend it to people and they'll lend it to people and then I don't get it back. And I'm fine with that. I just buy another copy. This movie will probably be like that. Um, because I don't really give a shit if I end up buying it three times because I want everyone to have a chance to see this because it's really great. Um, I think at, the, at that year I wrote up an article and, and called it the best movie of that year nobody saw, and it totally is. Uh, it's a shame that it's taken two years for other people to get a chance to see it, but it's worth it. Take my word for it. Go on Amazon. Buy this freaking movie, and you will cherish it as much as I do because it is amazing. Um, so anyway, that's my weekly plug for the battery. I'm sure I'll talk about it next week. Cool. Excellent. And for Brick, there's going to be a screening at the Alamo. 
Just a couple days. Yep. Yeah. On Sunday night, uh, Brick and Brothers Bloom are at the Alamo. And then Monday night, Treasure of the Sierra Madre, which is already sold out. Uh, And it's the 35 millimeter print that Ryan Johnson owns, and he will be there to sort of talk about the movie. And then on Tuesday, also sold out, is Looper with Ryan Johnson doing a commentary over the movie. Uh, which is amazing. And we're going to be going to all three nights. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so if you have a chance to go see uh, any of those, um, there are plenty of tickets still available for Brick and Brothers Bloom, which is a god-awful shame if you've never seen Brick. Is Treasure Sierra Madre sold out? Treasure Sierra Madre is sold out. Ah, that's um, a shame. That, that's one that I would imagine people would want to go to, yeah. and especially oh, yeah. with the with no 35-millimeter prints being shown of movies like that. Yeah. It's, that's something to watch. For sure. Um, but if you've never seen Brick, go to the Alamo. Pay, even if you don't have time to see both movies, pay the 15 bucks for the double feature and go see Brick and then like take off or whatever. <laughs> or stay and watch Brothers Bloom, which is just as good. Um, but those movies are really special. Cool. So, cool. Right on. And what did I watch this week? Um, I actually, in preparation for what I thought our movie this week uh, was going to be um, <laughs> before I realized, oh, yeah, you figured this out. Well, we'll get to that later on yeah. in the show. I don't want to spoil it, you know, but um, <laughs> like it matters. Um, <laughs> um, so I watched a bunch of Universal Monster movies. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Get in there. Dracula. Frankenstein. <laughs> Wolfman. Creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> Creature of the Black Lagoon. Pan of the Opera. Pan of the Opera. Oh. Oh. I was with you until you got to that one. Oh. <laughs> the Lon Chaney Senior performance to top all others, my friend. Mm. I, 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 I dare you to challenge me on that. Uh, yeah. Unless he's playing the Hunchback or if he was in the Unholy Three, which is awesome. I love Lon Chaney Senior. Anyway, I actually watched um movie with not Claude Ray, not uh, Lon Chaney Jr., but Claude Rains, The Invisible Man, hmm. 1933, directed by James Whale. That film is so fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, it's just, like, it's fun to watch that film from the black comedy prism that James Whale had back in the day, mm. where he was really just making tongue-in-cheek horror movies. Mm. Um, there's a there's an actress in the movie named Una, or, Una, Una O'Connor. No, it's Una Merkel. No. Una O'Connor, I believe. And she's like a mainstay in James Whale's productions. And she just like – she just over the top acts like a frigidy old maid. Like a, like one of those like, oh, there's a crust here. Oh, no. And it's, it's so funny to watch all these over the top accentuated campy moments in this horror movie. Like when the door slams shut and the tray falls, it's just a tray falling. It's nothing violent happened to her. She just goes – <laughs> just starts like screaming and jumping around the place. It's fucking hilarious. And then Claude Rains' whole performance where he's just like, he, nobody will see him come. Nobody will see him go. He can hear, he can hear every secret. He can rob and rape and pillage and plunder. <laughs> it's just so fucked up. And he's just like it, just watching the special effects and the way they did the special effects, which is amazing, is they did the um, they did a multi-layer film process mm-hmm. um, involving black screen and whatnot. And basically, like, just watching that, that felt more real to me than any CGI I ever watch. Hmm. That feels more real to me. Yeah. That feels just like what I would be seeing if somebody were invisible. 
the but way, then again, like I have a you weird wouldn't skew. be saying anything if somebody. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was getting to that. <laughs> the way you're, you're describing faster. this movie sounds like it's the inspiration for a Nickelodeon show I used to watch as a kid called Count Duckula. Count Duckula. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Just look it up. Okay, it might, it might be inspiration. Okay, right on. I, I, Catch up drinking. It, it may be ducky, <laughs> ducky. <laughs> um, and then I watched Frankenstein, James Whale again. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I really like, especially with tonight's movie. I honestly can tell you right now I finally understand why uh, people found that monster scary back in the day hmm. because it's just like I, it, I, I get it. Like for, for – not maybe necessarily for me but like for somebody else who's not initiated with films and whatnot or like a kid, especially a kid, you could, tell, you could see that scare in somebody. And I, I, I've had to reacquaint myself with my love of those old horror movies and what made me freaked out by them in the first place. Which leads me to the one I thought was the scariest when I was younger, which is Dracula. Um, Let me hear you call Boris Karlov a cocksucker. (laughs) (laughs) Karlov does not deserve to smell my shit. (laughs) 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 And let me cocksucker can burn in hell for all I care. (laughs) I love Ed Wood. Um, Sidekick. Sidekick. Fuck you. <laughs> anyway, Dracula. You throw me that whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> I turned down Frankenstein. Let's shoot this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, no, um, Dracula with Bella Lugosi, who was literally born to play that role. Like, there's yeah. no fucking, like, there's nobody can. <laughs> you must be double jointed. And you must, and you be, must be Hungarian. Hungarian. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dracula, though, was directed by Todd Browning and not Tim Burton. Um, and um todd browning has this really interesting vision about him where he tends to like he just centers around freakish creatures or freakish things if you even watch his silent films he's very attracted to amputees and Mm. like or like creatures of the night or something terror and unholy he did the lost lawn cheney senior vampire movie london after midnight oh wow the one that you can only see the pictograms of Mm. and to watch him this is literally right before he does freaks and then ruins his entire career because freaks was a flop when it came out um but dracula just shows him at his height of elegance like it's it's literally that like it's the classiest picture he he ever made in his career by my by my stretch like and it's the only 70 minute movie so it's not like a grand epic of any kind but i definitely think it's like one of the, it's one of the top tier horror movies i it definitely doesn't like have the same effect on me it did um back in the day um but the special effects that are in it I think are surprisingly like charming and just like very like soulful and you know like it's just something like really quirky about it and I really like watching it still to this day. Um, and the only other thing that I watched this week was, um, gosh, I went through a bunch of stuff. Um, I finally started watching Comic Book Men season three, mm. um, and I liked watching Nichelle Nichols trying to purchase her own doll. <laughs> that was pretty fucking funny. Um, oh, oh, I also watched The Dark Knight Rises again for the first time in a while. Yeah. Um, I really, I I still love that movie, and I love that I can finally understand what Bane's saying now. I know. Yeah, because I just watched it, um, 
couple of weeks ago or a month ago. I, I hadn't seen it in theaters, and I, I finally got around to watching it. And like, it, it, that whole first sequence is actually way cooler when I can hear what he's saying. Because in the theaters, I, it was just so muddied that I couldn't understand what the hell he was talking about. No! <laughs> I believe the Bane's plan is to make... <laughs> Yeah. And then he yeah. gets into a fight with Kenny McCormick. But it sounds really cool on Blu-ray. Yeah. That movie's yeah. great. Yeah. That movie's great. I, I liked it. It's a solid little uh, comic book epic film. It's definitely not... <laughs> it's a, a solid little epic. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely not on par with The Dark Knight. The Dark yeah. Knight had a truck that flipped over. Yeah. So did X-Men 3. Yeah, but that truck was real. Like, the, the, the practical <laughs> effects on that one. Like those were the In visual X-Men 3 it was real? No, 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 no. In Dark Knight. Oh yeah, you know that truck yeah. thing. That's an actual stunt. That's an yeah. actual effect. Yeah. No, on X Men, that was not <laughs> real. That's not what's wrong. There's with no, X-Men there's 3, no but... train that hold, there's no like there's no truck that holds mutants. Willis, yeah. you know that's ridiculous. <laughs> but the bridge was real. Let's move on. Oh yeah. <laughs> San Francisco, San Francisco Bridge. Never forget. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Chicago. <laughs> Cool. Oh God. Well, Zach, before we uh, before we get into the review, um, do our guests have anything to plug? Do you have anything to plug, guys? Um, search. Uh, is, if you type in "Hand of the Father," can you find your trailer? I I mean, yeah, you can, okay. but I mean, it's yeah. My not. zombie movie is on Vimeo. It's called Dream Come True. Look for that one. It's just a shitty student for sure. Short. <laughs> uh, Brian did these trailers for a movie we're writing right now called Hand of the Father. Kansas Horror. Kansas Horror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just something I did. Um, and uh, now we're wanting to actually make it into a feature and yeah. um, something I'm really looking forward to. So, I, yeah, it's on my Vimeo account. So Yeah. So you. Want good to luck. Go for we, it. Good luck searching right. video. <laughs> how do we help? Are you guys like, um, how are you guys going about trying to get it made? Uh, right now, we're we're just uh, we're working on the script. Um, I'm just, I don't know. <laughs> so in, encouragement. It's really just yeah, just encouragement, encouragement yeah. at this point. Um, right yeah, okay, like cool. we we have well, crew, we have we have crew sort of sort of lined up you know people want to work on it so yeah definitely yeah. a lot of people have been really interested in it after seeing the trailers so it's been uh really exciting it's just really um getting a draft that we're all really happy and mm. uh proud of so but you know we'll keep you guys up to date very cool very cool absolutely thank cool. you yeah this week we saw tusk all right, gentlemen. We've created a new review scale for wall for this walrus picture. Um, you're go- you're going to give your review without spoilers, um, but before you do, you have to say walrus yes, walrus no, or walrus maybe. Okay. Okay. Brian, should people go see Tusk? Ooh, people in general. <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean, if you know, I can't even say if you, even if you knew Kevin Smith because this was <laughs> this was uh, different. But just shooting into it from my perspective, I'm gonna say walrus, yes. Um, and you want me to go into it? Yeah, a little go bit? into it a little bit. Well, yeah. of course, no spoilers. Um, <laughs> no spoilers. Like what? 
surprised me is like how much I laughed during that movie. Mm-hmm. And like um it was it's a bizarre picture. If you know the concept of it, this you know, brief synopsis, yeah, of course you're gonna know it's gonna be ridiculous, but I thought um the actors did a great job and there were even times where like like what are the what is happening? You know, like <laughs> I don't even know if the actors knew. Um but it was great. I mean I'm still gonna have to process it, mm. you know. But process it. There we go. <laughs> um, so yeah. Process it. So, walrus, yes for me. Matt Willix, what did you think of Tusk? Um, so you want to recommend? Should people see it? Is that? Yeah, should people see it? I I would say walrus, walrus, yes, but I don't like I. W- <laughs> 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 like. Uh, <clears throat> Like, uh, no, no, I'm just, I'm just thinking about like certain friends of mine who are Kevin Smith fans, but they're not horror fans at all. Mm. You know, like. Um, but do you need to be? What's that? Do you need to be? Uh, you, you don't need to be a Kevin Smith fan. No, do you need to be a horror fan? Oh. I don't think so. I think there were. Th- Is there, there was there lots of fan? laughing. Yeah. yeah. There were no. There were there were lots of parts where I was cracking up. At, you know what I mean? So I mean, I would call this a horror comedy, which is. Really easy for people to jump into, mm-hmm. you know, like Shaun of the Dead or, or Tucker and Dale. But so I, I would say Walrus, yes, absolutely. Is that was that it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. All right. Brad, you... I, I did <laughs> you think look so sick. I did think Johnny Depp was Val Val Kilmer for like for like <laughs> two or three seconds before before I was like, oh, that's Johnny Depp. Well, that was a spoiler, <laughs> but they... <laughs> um Brad. Uh, I'm gonna go with the walrus, maybe, because it's it's so weird, and I don't know if it has an identity crisis and has different tones throughout the movie. Um, yeah, like I was laughing at some parts, and other parts I was kind of just not interested in what people were talking about at all. Um, and every time um, Michael Parks is on screen, he's like the only character in the movie I really thought really was a real character in the movie. Um, I think everyone else was. It, it seemed like they were playing a part. Um, so yeah, but we'll talk about more of that later. So Walrus, maybe. Okay. I saw it, the audience for this isn't like a defined audience. Yeah. Like you can't tell anyone yes or no. You should see. It. Is this something you have to f- experience for yourself? I guess and make your own conclusions. Right. James, should people go see Tusk? Um. So I'm definitely a walrus, maybe. Um, I I enjoyed the movie. Um, I think that Michael Parks' performance is uh, phenomenal. Um, and I would even go so far as to say that when it comes to playing characters who are crazy, it is on par with perhaps even an Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs. Like, it's, it's fucking good. Michael Parks is amazing in this movie. Um, there's also a scene that I'll talk about later that is one of my favorite scenes from this year. Uh, there's a monologue. Um, it's like a single-shot, close-up monologue that I just uh, was amazed by. Like mm-hmm. that, that actress is fantastic. Genesis Rodriguez. Um, I, I think that the problem with this movie is that like, maybe my, my, stand, my, my expectations were too high because I think that Red State is Kevin Smith's masterpiece. <laughs> And that coming off of that, I was hoping that this was going to transcend being just a farce. And I feel like this is still just a farce. Like this is a, this is 
to me ends up just still being an inside joke and it's too bad that that's all it ends up being. Um, it's, it's really fun and I really enjoyed it, but yeah, there's a lot of people who are not going to really get this. Um, and I think it's a little bit too married to the original material. Um, right on. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm, uh, I, uh, I, I'm walrus. Yes. And I'll say this, like I'm a fan of the Smodcast universe and that Kevin Smith fandom kind of thing. Like I'm, I'm, I've been a fan for years and there were so many references to episodes of Smodcast, which is just a podcast about two people talking. Yeah. There are so many references that I just got instinctively. And there's so many, like there's so many jokes going on there that I forgot why I was there, which was to watch, uh, a walrus a walrus monster movie kind of thing and when the walrus finally came out i finally got it i finally understood what he was going for because i thought i didn't understand where the walrus was going to go until i saw it for for, with my own eyes um but i will say this this is one of my favorite movies of the year absolutely it is lynchian to me in in a Mm. lot of areas and like just very bizarre and very outwardly bizarre and its use of practical effects is incredible. I think it's incredible personally. Some people on sites like Screen Collider have been like fuck it looks cheesy and shit. Fuck them. This this looked like exactly like it needed to look. I think I think it's okay to I think that was on purpose too. Yeah, exactly. Look a little cheesy. Yeah, exactly. To kind of like let people in on the fact that it's 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 a podcasting joke. So, and I think that out of all of this, Michael Parks' performance is genius. It's, it's absolutely perfect. Mad, crazy scientist slash butcher, whatever you want to call him. Just absolutely insane fucko <laughs> that it's, it's, it's impossible to watch it and not be mesmerized. And like, even though you don't want to look in certain scenes near the first half of the movie, you're just watching his performance and it's forcing you to watch anything terrifying on screen. And that's really powerful. Um, and Justin Long, I think, gives a really brave performance because yeah. the, the, the temperance and the patience it must have taken to wear, that, to wear what he wears in that movie has got to be laboring and intensive. And I give him all the props in the world. And hashtag Gila Point, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to roll the trailer for Tusk, uh, a story based out of a podcast. Always do sober what you do drunk. It'll teach you to keep your mouth shut. Hemingway said that. Yes, he did. And he said it to me. You to go to Canada tomorrow. It's for the podcast. It's what I do. I travel around and I interview weird or interesting people. So look out, you crazy Canucks. Wandering <laughs> Wallace takes a raunchy road trip up to the Great White North. Hello. I'm an old man who has enjoyed a long and storied life at sea. And after eons of oceanic adventure, I know I do not wish to spend my remaining years alone while I have such stories to share. How far is Bifrost from here? It's about two hours from here. It's about two hours away. I hate American guys. Good evening. It's nice to meet you. Could I interest you in some tea? So what happened after the boat sank? I was alone. And then something very swift and frightening moved by me. A walrus saved your life? 
The walrus is far more evolved than any man I've ever known. Present company included. Thank you. You're welcome. Would you? Would you? There, there. It'll be all right, Mr. Tuff. He hasn't called me in three days. I'm worried. Why are you doing this? Are you really mourning your humanity? I don't understand. Who in the hell would want to be human? Okay, so I'm, I'm with you on the inside joke thing. Like, yeah. as much as I appreciate the podcast, I would have wished that they uh, transcended the podcast. And it gets so fucking close. Like, there's yeah. this moment. So the scene I was talking about is when the the girlfriend is sitting on the on the bed and she's you know pouring out her heart and talking about the fact that like she really hates the fact she really hates this guy. She hates Wallace. Um, to the point at which she says she's glad her father is dead so that he doesn't see that her, his daughter is wasting her life with this guy. And I was like, fuck, like, this is heavy. Like, this is an amazing, like, this is how this movie is going to transcend the joke about, well, this is a movie where a guy gets turned into a walrus, right? Like, <laughs> this is how you marry that story and the craziness of Michael Parks and that whole performance. Th- that, that is going to be our heart is this guy is really a piece of shit and probably deserves to get turned into a fucking walrus and live the rest of his life as a walrus. And then we see the walrus, and it's (laughs) campy as shit. And then he goes so off the rails in being... Like, he films these scenes like with Gila Point and Michael Parks on the porch... Um, that are just so silly and go on for so long that he swings uh, this movie that, you know, Red State is amazing because he never lets you be comfortable. He breaks all of the rules. He changes the tone of that movie back to back and forth. And he's riding that movie like along the, the, the blade of a knife. And you're never like if he goes way too far one way or the other, the movie breaks. But he's always perfect. And this movie is trying to do the same thing, but at after that scene, like once you start seeing all that stuff and he starts going too funny, he goes way the other way. Michael Parks stops being super scary and crazy and just starts being another funny, silly thing. And it loses track of that thing that I loved in that scene where I was like, fuck, like you took something human and emotional and heavy and slammed it into a movie where a guy gets turned into a walrus and you are going to do something amazing here. And then it's like, I, and I say all that like I'm mad, but I'm not because the scene on the fucking porch between Michael Parks and Johnny Depp is yes. maybe my favorite 
comedy scene in the movie. Like <laughs> that that part of Michael Parks' performance is Oh my god, it's so Is he doing amazing. the McDonald's Fry Girl? Right. He sounds like you and Fry's day. Like he's he's unbelievable in this movie. And that scene is part of it. So it's it's hard for me to like judge one way or the other. Um but if I go back to the thing that Kevin Smith told me about Red State, which was that the as amazing as the seven minute long Michael Parks performance was in the original cut, he edited it down because it hurt the film overall. I feel like the comedy ends up in the end of this movie ends up hurting the film overall. I, you know, I don't know. And then here's why. Okay. Like it's, how do you explain this movie? It's, I don't know. It's kind of like trying to explain a divorce. Um, (laughs) it, you know what this film is? It's it's a it's a it's it's a weird comedy thriller. It's not a horror comedy. It's a comedy thriller, because at the end of the day, when you look at that walrus suit, that's what makes sense to me about it. It's literally a walrus suit. He didn't lie when he did that podcast, and that's what my expectation was built on. Was like, okay, he did a podcast about uh, this Gumtree ad, and then he talked and he made it into this horror movie, and they talked about a walrus suit. He says suit. He never says human walrus. And I kept thinking he's going to go human walrus. He doesn't. He goes walrus suit. The walrus suit makes sense. And I love how it makes sense. Now, is the effect there? I think it is. I think there is. I think there's enough close-up shots and not a lot of time with it on screen that you can believe that it's made of all that human skin. And if you notice, the flippers are all like fingers and shit. Like you look at the small details of that costume, it works for me. Like it looks just like, oh, Michael Parks is just an insane lonely man. He's a very insane lonely man who has no companionship whatsoever because he ate his only friend. And you can look at that from a comedy lens because of a lot of the laughs that are in it because of the fact that it is the suit that it is. Or you can look at it from the perspective that I'm looking at it. But either way, you can still find the humor in it. That's where I find the strength of this movie is is that it's not – you don't know how you're going to feel coming out of it because you – on the one hand, you think, wow, this actually exists. On the other hand, you're thinking, oh, well, you know that, that suit didn't look convincing. I feel like I've been lied to. Or you just need to you know, warm up to the fact that sometimes uh, ridiculous movies get made and this is one that can get made. And I, I applaud it, like, 100%. I'm, There's, think, I'm thinking, uh, I'm sitting here thinking it's entirely possible that, you know, we've been trained to uh, absorb a certain type of structure in things in movies. Um, and maybe since this is the first movie based on a podcast, maybe there's... It's a um, new genre. It's the birth of... It's not the birth of a new genre, because, like, there's absurdism films... Mm-hmm. Like there's Pierre, the, the Pierre LeFou films or like anything that breaks the fourth wall, like Woody Allen, stuff like that. And that wackiness has been done before, but it hasn't been done recently. Mm-hmm. And so it's easing it in. But at the same time, it is the birth of a new genre where it's like, oh, it's based off. It's this is a conversation. Mm-hmm. This movie is based around a conversation based off of brainstorming. Yeah, exactly. Without any editing. I don't. But I don't know that that's. So while it feels weird, it may just be like that's and what it needs to be like artistically. I'll, I will take that as forgiveness for the fact that I don't, I don't like the ending. Like I just, like yeah. the, you didn't like the ending. Yeah, like that last scene to me 
uh, doesn't ring true. Um, I don't because everything that they told me up to that point, like the fact that a so year later, grim. the fact that a year later, like those, I I don't think that the fan the the friend should be there. I think he should just be alone in a hut, you know. And and that the reality is is that those because of the guy that that guy was um, as horrific as that whole sequence is, you know, that those fan those friends probably go home and try to build a different life and forget about him. Um, yeah, and it seems like which that to me that's the ending I would have wanted. But but they even you you missed it because you uh, you ran out. Uh, but at the at the end of the credits they. They air that last sequence from the podcast where they're talking about the third act, and he describes to you what you just saw. Yeah, and I was like, okay, cool. Like that's while- that's the whole point. He's trying to like present to you at the end of this movie. Okay, here's where we. This is how this whole got started. And that's all fine and good, but if you tell me that the reason that this movie is not as good as it could have been was because you wrote it while high on a whim on a podcast and you weren't willing to re-edit it for the truth of the film you ended up writing. That's not a good excuse to me. Um, and and he obviously would disagree and say, like, that's the ending that I, that I wanted. Or he'll say, like, well, you know, tonally, I thought it was funnier and that's the thing I wanted to see in the movie. That's fine. I'm and just saying is, that for me it didn't work. Right. And that saying that, like, well, it's based on a podcast, that I'll forgive that last sequence for that, but that doesn't make I understand the tonal where you're coming from, but I, 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 I kind of see where he's coming from in this, where it's like, it's the idea that you can go anywhere again. It's it's one of those ideas again that you can go anywhere with a movie, and you can suspend your disbelief for an hour and a half. I, I feel like I the, the the stuff. And I might be defending it a little too much, but I really liked it. Like, I feel like I feel like the stuff, the, like the the really good stuff, like the scene with the girl on the bed. I think that's. I, I feel like that's just a bonus. Like he's writing this movie that was based off of a podcast, and they're constantly laughing, you know, while they're talking yeah. about the story, and he's just like. Oh, what if I, you know, what if I stuck that in there? You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. it's almost like while he's putting this idea down on paper, he's, you know, he's ideas are popping in his head, and it just, I mean, I don't think the movie was brought down by the fact that there might have been too much comedy because I mean it, mm. it is a guy in a walrus suit. <laughs> this, is, this is true. Born yeah. out of born out of just them thinking this is a funny idea. Yeah. So I think like. And that scene is brilliant. Like it was just great. No, you're right. I mean, yeah. It, at a certain point, I am asking like a movie about a guy in a walrus suit to transcend <laughs> being. Like, I want you to grip me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, Do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Why aren't you up in the air with a man in a walrus suit? <laughs> <laughs> the most hilarious part for me was watching Michael Parks don his own suit. Oh, oh my god. god. Yeah. Oh, it's like, awesome. And, and it's, it's not as extreme as poor Justin Long's, but it's just like seeing this yeah. like serious actor like who gave this, you know, a knockout performance. Yeah. Of, and then uh, he just dresses up in that walrus suit. Yeah. And then when he tears it off and when the when you see that you see all that blood and whatnot on his like yeah. on his chest and whatnot, mm-hmm. that's when you're like, holy shit, the suit's real. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> for that for the for the argument of the story. <laughs> and that's was the hardest thing to sell it on because it is a practical effect suit. So at some points you're like, oh, it does look a little rubbery. Yeah. But that, I I actually thought that his suit was more disturbing than Justin Long. Yeah, <laughs> like, I agree. Um, I I feel like if you had given Justin Long that suit and then like given him makeup to make it look like there were two like teeth installed in his face, yeah, that would have been really fucked up looking. Yeah. One thing I think this movie did well, which not a lot of movies can do, is I went from 
several parts where I went from just laughing my ass off mm-hmm. to very disturbed mm-hmm. and just creeped out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like when when we first when he's doing that uh, sweeping shot in the the walrus's cave, mm-hmm. Mister Tusk's cave. You know, like you you hear Justin Long <laughs> moaning or whatever that that noise he was making was, and then I saw the beach ball, and I was like. I just started laughing. Yeah, and then yeah. when they and then when they revealed him, when they finally, you know, because they did those sweeping close up oh, shots, God, you know, the just whole showing theater. Yeah, when they showed the whole walrus and you saw Justin Long's new walrus face, I was immediately like, "Oh God, that is that is disturbing." <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it's so sure. fucked up. Yeah, and Michael Parks did the same thing with his performance. Like you, you know, you're laughing one minute, and the next minute, I was just like, "That's fucking creepy." Oh yeah. You oh, know? dude the the scene at the dining table. And when he does the wide shots through the oh, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. you watch Ooh. Michael Parks walk the table, that shot is that, just fucking the awesome. Walruses do not cry, man. <laughs> it's, and there's yeah. also that moment where uh, it's revealed that he can stand, like he's not confined to the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, oh, God. Yeah, I think which, uh, which is almost subtly hinted at because he crosses his legs while he's at the in the wheelchair, mm-hmm. like in the first scene. Yeah. He just, boop, <laughs> I was like, wait a second, right? Right. This motherfucker, right? He said he was going to intentionally put some shit that should not be in there. Yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah. maybe I think that it, was it. I think it was just foreshadowing. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I'm oh, surprised yeah, the they walrus. didn't like. I think the walrus suit is shit that should not be. Yeah, <laughs> they, uh, I'm surprised. Like, in order to like diffuse the whole like rubberiness of the suit, I, like they didn't put that those shots in more shadows. Like mm-hmm. it could have been a lot dimmer, but it was like full brightness in that room. Yeah, showing like every inch of yeah, the suit. Yeah, that felt a little like a weird choice, but yeah, it was a weird choice. Like I would have, yeah, made it darker so you uh, couldn't see like a lot of the de- like the fake details. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Usually in horror movies, when you see the whole monster, it's just not as scary. Anymore. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like well, I think he, and he it built it up over a longer period of time. Like the first two acts felt pretty like they it develops dark. slowly. Yeah, dark, disturbing, deep, and then when it finally gets into the reveal, you, I think it actually goes into full blown madness at that point. Like, the same thing is like he, he's, just, he went for like, the com- like, like it was supposed to be comedic. Yeah, yeah. like madness, it breaks. <laughs> yeah, it just breaks and snaps reality. Um, the one thing about this film that was a big, I think, a big geek geek well to do need to know what the fuck is going on was who was playing the part that was written for Quentin Tarantino initially, and it turned out to be Mr. Johnny Depp. Yeah. Did everybody think of Guy Lapointe and his funny dick nose? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was... <laughs> that character's good. That character's really funny. That is a um, funny-ass character. Like I said, that scene on the porch is great. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was, uh, like, classic, like, Clouseau-esque, like... Yes. That's, and that's the thing. He's totally... He's like a weird Quebecan Columbo. Yeah, um, <laughs> which is I like the way he over explains things. Yeah, yeah. And, and somebody... Poutine gives him the shits. <laughs> um, yeah. Gives me the shits. <laughs> Please excuse my French. Yeah. Oh my god. So it's one year later, and I get the impression that his friends are only visiting him this one year later. Who and the house has been converted into a sanctuary. Who is feeding? Wallace regularly and giving him uh, big gulps. Gila points. Gila point. Is yeah, it Gila? Yeah, he said the Canadians were very optimistic. You know, in the beginning, the 
the uh, customs officer. Remember? Yeah. So somebody that that would be so Maybe awesome. They, they should. That's how they should connect Tusk and Yoga Hosers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> isn't, yeah. Isn't that wasn't the uh, customs guy the the guy from Epic Meal Time? Yep, Epic yeah. Meal Time. Haley okay. Morton uh, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think it's yeah. I thought so. And everybody, everybody's favorite K Rock's Ralph Garman, <laughs> doing the most the most Canadian like Dan Aykroyd impression of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Who is he is Canadian, but like yeah. it's even more Canadian. <laughs> it's kind of weird how, like, he does a lot of very stereotypical Canadian things, that not like not every Canadian says a boot like that. Yeah, yet, yeah. Uh, it was Har- definitely Harley a- says a boot, a boot, a boot. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so, but she was good. Yeah, and then the other girl is uh, Johnny Depp's daughter. Yep, Lily Rose Depp. Yeah, uh, yeah. The that scene. Was fun. Oh, sorry. No, you're good. Uh, the scene I wanted to bring up, it was probably my favorite one, is uh, when Justin Long finally wakes up and we have the reveal that his leg is gone. Like oh, He was yes. so into that character. That's yeah. why it was so fucking hilarious because oh, yeah. like you couldn't help but laugh at this poor guy. Like, Where's my leg? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and Michael Parks is trying not to laugh his character. Yeah, you know? it's, it's, like, oh, it's, oh, it's so, spider. It's kind of cringing and funny yeah. at the same time. Like You're kind of chill. What was the doctor's bit. name? Muse? Mo- uh, Mojier. Oh, yeah. Mojier. No. It's supposed to be Mosier. <laughs> what's, what's great about that scene <laughs> is when uh, when he's like, you know, oh, I need I need my phone. Oh, the doctor stepped on it and broke <laughs> yeah. into a bunch of pieces. And wow, oh, can I use your phone? Oh, the doctor thought that we should unplug them all so you could rest. He's like. <laughs> That's clearly insane. (laughs) That's why. That's why when he puts on his walrus suit, I'm not questioning anything. I'm like, at that point, that character can do whatever he wants. Like he's clearly crazy. Oh yeah, he's clearly crazy, especially when he slaps him and goes, "Walruses don't cry." Yeah. God, that that movie is just my favorite scene. I have two favorite scenes. One is the scene not where he's revealed to be a walrus, but where it's revealed that he's being sewn up as a baby T-Rex like mm-hmm. with the baby yeah. T-Rex arms and uh, that that monologue that Howard Howe gives suddenly explain it doesn't just explain the madness for the audience in an exposition it also to me like it explains who this character is to me so I can take him seriously so I can mm. t- treat him like a serious character and that was an important element for me in the movie was I want to laugh but I also want to try to take this seriously because I, I love that that actor, and I have to imagine that it can be taken seriously, and I think it can. It's yeah. a dark, disturbed movie. That's why I say it's kind of Lynchian, because Lynch movies are kind of funny if you look at them a certain way. <laughs> like, Eraserhead can be hilarious to some people. Because even, even that scene, like, you don't necessarily know that what he's saying is true. Yeah, exactly. Um, you have no but idea. But the fact that he's telling it gives you some insight into that character. He's just a storyteller. He's a storyteller with a fucked-up vision. Yeah. And it's so... And it's so mesmerizing to watch that performance unfold and then when he does do the uh, uh, when he does do the uh, put on the walrus suit that's when I was like that was that was equivalent to me of the Buffalo Bill scene where Buffalo Bill starts dancing to goodbye horses Mm -hmm. that to me was on par or at least like an homage to it Mm -hmm. and you know we've known that Kevin Smith has had a fascination with that scene in the past (laughs) Yeah. So to like watch that performance is just incredible, and to watch the the walrus fight, who who wants to talk about that amazing epic walrus fight? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is just a few shots, but so but it's epic. enough. Yeah. So, yeah. cool. Go. 
All right. So what are we seeing next week? I believe next week is the Box Trolls. The Box Trolls. And yeah, I think we're going to be Lake having Lake. on Matty O'Connor that week. Oh, cool. Yeah. Very so cool. We'll get him awesome. to go see some Box Trolls with us. Cool. Cool. Guys, Matt Willicks, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Ryan Richards, thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Brian, Brad, thank you for not saying goodbye. Yeah. Yeah, fuck you too. <laughs> fuck you too. Bye. Bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6-NERDS-5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.